Welcome to the final day of the Massive Attacks 12 Days of Christmas Specials, A Christmas Carol to Ebenezer Boogaloo. I'm your host Mitch and with me for the last time of 2021 is my Bob Cratchit, my <laughs> nephew Fred, my tiny Tim. Joe, thank you for this journey. Thank you Mitch. When you said for the fa- final time, I thought you were about to go the fa 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 la time, but yes, final time. <laughs> la, 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 la. It is day 12, we've made day it to 12. the end of this is it. annual tradition that is the 12 days of Christmas specials. Christmas Eve. And what a good one we've picked for our final day. I, yeah, I was like, we always want to finish as strong as we can like on a good episode, so it wasn't going to be the Nicolas Cage one. No. And, yeah, you you agreed with me that I think this was the one to finish. Definitely. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And this is the animated television show, The Real Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's based on... The 1984 Ghostbusters movie with Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, Ernie Hudson, Rick Moranis. Yeah, it, it, less blowjobs in the cartoon, but, you know, I never noticed that for years because <laughs> I was a kid. Yeah, so so this is the real Ghostbusters, which I don't have a huge memory of. I remember it being on, and I remember watching episodes here and there, but my other sh- podcast I do, The Geek Dudes, the co-host on that fresh, he's a big fan of the cartoon like you he's got all the toys you know spent big bucks to get the firehouse play set and all this sort of shit so i don't have a fondness at all for it in that way but when i found out there was a christmas episode or a a christmas carol episode i was like oh i'll check it out we'll have we'll have a look and was very pleasantly surprised so for a little while this was on netflix because my kids actually went through and watched a few episodes of it and kind of got into it because at that stage they had watched the 1984 ghostbusters as well and then when i happened to mention that there was a cartoon they were like oh yeah we'll give that a go and we did watch some of it but i don't remember actually seeing this first run back in the 80s when it was on tv or when i was re-watching it when it was on netflix i don't think it is on netflix anymore unfortunately we had to dig up a version of this from one of the nefarious cartoon streaming sites online but yeah i i think as a concept goes obviously it's not a complete retelling of a Christmas Carol. It's enough Ghostbusters to make it its own thing. But I, I dug this. I thought this was really well done. Yeah. So if you don't know, it's called the Real Ghostbusters because there was a TV show in the seventies, a very low budget TV show called the Ghostbusters, starring two of the guys from F Troop and a dude in a gorilla suit. And it was, it was cheap. It was really cheap. And I do remember watching it as a kid and liking it only because there was nothing else on. And then when they did the Ghostbusters movie, Dan Aykroyd was the one of the co-writers of the movie. Apparently, one of the early drafts of the movie. It was a post-apocalyptic, very serious sort of film. And you know, there was a lot of rewrites and that later on to give us the movie that we got. But they paid a lot of money for the rights to the name Ghostbusters to use it for the title of the movie because of this TV show in the 70s. I don't know if it was, I think it's Filmation, Filmation sort of cashing in on the movie coming out or whatever, but they bought out a Ghostbusters cartoon of their own based on the TV show from the 70s, which has got a pretty funky, cool soundtrack. Yeah, so that was really cool. So it's, I forget the name of the two characters, Larry Storch, I think is one of them, and 
the other one and Tracy the Gorilla. And, and they were up against the menace of prime evil. So when they did an animated show based on the Ghostbusters movie, that's when they had to use the term the real Ghostbusters. That's why it's called the real Ghostbusters as opposed. But it was weird. I guess it's a likeness thing, but I was always put out by the fact that the cartoon characters look nothing like the movie characters. Yeah. Like Egon's got this big blonde quiff. So it was they're, sort they're of like, kind of like exaggerated versions of the actors from the movie. Yeah. So they're their own beast. And the fact that it went for like 140 something episodes. So it's its own beast unto itself. Like the movie is 90 minutes long. 140 episodes is a good 70 odd hours yeah. of, of content. So there's more content of that than there is of the movies. So it's its own thing with its own set of fans. And from all reports, really good. And we actually, I went and saw the new Ghostbusters movie a couple of weeks ago. And we talked about it on the Geek Do's podcast. And we were talking a little bit about the real Ghostbusters and Fresh talked about there's a character called the Boogeyman in an episode and he goes I had a memory of really being freaked out by this character and I went looking for it and I saw a picture of it and was instantly freaked out again and then he found out that it's a thing a lot of people were freaked out by this character back okay. in the day so it's this weird thing so I'm tempted to go back and find the episode with the Boogeyman in it to see is it freaky or do you have to be a certain age to be freaked out by her or is it just goddamn freaky but yeah, the cartoon in and of itself was great because it was no budget constraints or special effects. It was animated and they told their own story. It was in a world where ghosts exist. So they weekly adventures or episodic adventures of them tra- coming up with strange ass ghosts that they're going to find or fight or capture or whatever each week. Didn't, I never understood the fact that Slimer was kind of their pet, you know? I d- yeah, exactly. I never got a backstory for all that. No. Now, there's some voices you might recognize in the cartoon. Unfortunately, they're not the same voices of the real actors from the movie. And in a way, this is something that takes me out of the cartoon in the fact that Lorenzo Music, who does the voice of Garfield in the Garfield cartoons, plays Peter Vickman. And a lot of the time when I was watching this, I kind of just zoned out and just thought, oh, it's Garfield. It's Garfield, Hmm. which is kind of weird because Bill Murray played Garfield in the Garfield movie. Yeah. Freaky. That's freaky weird. Yeah, and I didn't know, but Dave Goulier from Uncle Joey from Full House, he was the voice of one of them in later seasons, not the episode we watched tonight. No, so he took over from Lorenzo Music. And Frank Walker was a voice who's like in everything. And Arsenio Hall was the voice of Winston, which I never knew at the time. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay. So the gist of essentially episodic TV, they catch ghosts every week. It's hijinks and comedy. The characters essentially the same, maybe a bit exaggerated. So, so Egon is the this crazy super nerd. Yeah. Venkman is this. He's not as snarky. He's, he's definitely he's Garfield essentially. Yeah. He's more Garfield yeah. than he is Bill Murray in this yeah. version. Ray Dance is sort of the dumb one, you know, but in the way. So, he's also the super eager one as well. He's very much, he's excitable. Yeah. He, he loves ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. And Winston is pretty much Winston. Yep. You know, he's pretty much the same. So, you know, it's cool. It's all good. So the episode we get is they're driving home from somewhere. It's snowing. It's Christmas Eve. And Venkman is just, he's poo-pooing on it all. You know, he's very Scrooge-ish in the fact that he he, he doesn't give a shit about Christmas. He's a bit yeah. over it. It's all that sort of stuff. Because I knew it was a Christmas Carol episode. I sort of knew where it was going. And they sort of drive through a little vortexy sort of thing. Or the car breaks down. So they go for a walk to try and find some help. And they walk through a vortex. They don't know they walk through one. You sort of see it as a viewer. 
and they end up in Victorian England in an old village. And you get a Bob Cratchit sighting where he's got Tiny Tim on his shoulder and he goes to the, yep. and they go to a, um, a butcher yep. and he buys a turkey and it looks like a quail. It's tiny. And Tiny Tim is his jovial self saying, it's the beautiful bird I've ever seen. Um, that sort of stuff. And that's that's pretty much it for Cratchit. But then they're, they're just walking through town. They've got their proton packs on. They're doing their thing. And his little ghost meter sort of warms up. Go, oh, there's some spirits around here. Big ones, powerful ones. And you sort of see a Jacob Marley fly out a window. I was like, oh, okay. And then they bust into a room and they save a Ebenezer Scrooge from three ghosts that are sort of standing around his bed. And they capture him and they put him in the trap. Yeah, all right. And then, yeah, basically they then go back to modern New York with their ghosts in their trap. Scrooge is all quite happy in the fact that he was being tormented by these ghosts and the Ghostbusters have come along and taken them away. And he gives them like a coin or something as a bit of a token. And well, they like ask a- for money and they're going, you ask money for yeah. this thing? How dare you? And all this sort of stuff. And yeah, it sort of gets crappy. And it's like, oh, Christmas sucks and humbug and all this sort of stuff. And he sits down to write a book because he's pissed off that they asked for money for what they did. It's like, how dare they? And blah, blah, blah. It's all about people are just rude and cruel. Yeah. And the guys walk back to the car, get it going, and they go back to New York and they're like, oh, thank God. You know, at least the Christmas cheer will be here. We'll be, that'll warm us up a little bit. And everyone's saying humbug to each other. So they go back to, to New York and they, they put the ghosts in the containment unit, but they kind of realize that everyone around them is not like they were. They're all anti-Christmas all of a sudden and they're all kind of going around humbugging each other and just generally not being in that Christmas spirit. And then we see that there's a bookshop with an advertisement for Scrooge's book called A Christmas Humbug. And we then transpose that because they've taken the ghosts away, Scrooge hasn't found the spirit of Christmas, so Christmas doesn't exist anymore. So in turn, they've kind of done that whole butterfly effect mentality of changing the past, which has now changed their future, which is their present, which is a bit of a mouthful. But yeah, they, they've now come up to the, the idea that because they've taken the ghosts away and Scrooge never had his reckoning day with the ghosts, that Christmas doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So then Egon decides that maybe he should go back into the containment unit to find the ghosts that they've put in. And we get that whole interaction between Egon and Janine, their receptionist, who is kind of enamoured by... Egon and Egon's basically just being Egon. But, you know, she's all like, oh, be careful, Egon, don't, you know, don't be in there too long. And he, and he knows he has a certain amount of time he can go into the containment unit to find the ghosts, to go and get them back. And in the meantime, he then sends the other three back in time to pretend they are the ghosts to kind of change Scrooge's opinion of Christmas by being the ghosts of Christmas past, present and future. Yeah, and this is a fun bit, I suppose. So Egon's in the containment unit trying to find the ghosts and the other guys have walked through the vortex back. So Venkman goes in first as a ghost of Christmas past and he's got a blonde wig, he's wearing like a toga and he's just being the snarky Venkman self that he is. Imagine Garfield. And he's sort of telling him what he's got to do. Christmas pass and what they do is he puts a Viewmaster on him and he's got pictures of his old school in the Viewmaster. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. And he's pushing him around a um a, in a wheelchair around the room and yeah. pushing him around. He goes, don't take the mask off, otherwise we'll fall. And he's running around and he's all puffed and saying, do you remember all this? But when he first sees him, he goes, I'm the ghost of Christmas past. He goes, but where is your luminescence? Why are you not glowing? And he goes, oh, where's my phosphorus lamps? And he ends up pulling like flares yeah. on his belt. So he starts glowing and so oh, yeah, you you're you're a you're a ghost. I get it, I get it. So he sort of goes out the window and there's there's a rope waiting for him that he puts onto a, a, a harness around his back and he floats out the window and then in comes Ray and he's sort of the ghost of Christmas future. 
I think they sort of do this one where he's yeah. he's sort of got a hoodie on and he's pulled it all around his face so you can only really see his nose and his eyes and he's pointing at things and that sort of stuff. And that's when Egon comes back with the ghosts himself to save and it's like, yep, we'll take it from here. Thank you very much. And they sort of get in there and, and fix it all. And it was just it was just done really, really well. Yeah. It was just like because he actually did the line of the undigested potato and all this sort of stuff. And it was, it was there was so many aspects in there. So obviously the writers had done their research or really knew the story and put a lot of elements in that were there and it was very much a real ghostbusters episode well speaking of the writers most of the season of real ghostbusters was written by j michael straczynski who had a bit of a pedigree back in the 80s as a cartoon writer and had written quite a few he-man and shira episodes back in the day yep. and got picked to be the writer of majority of the season of the real ghostbusters but then you probably know this a little bit more than me he went on to be quite a prolific comic writer after this as well he wrote a great run on the amazing spider-man he wrote a quite a mediocre run before he ditched it on superman he created the rising stars he created his own comic line for top cow that were quite good plus he also was the creator and main writer and showrunner for Babylon 5. And I don't know if you remember Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. Sounds familiar. Yeah, he's quite prolific and a tag grumpy. He was here for Worldcon back in 1999. He's just a bit of a shitty bloke. Well, just shitty as in pooey mood, shitty mood, not shitty, shitty. But yeah. But good writer at the time. Great writer. And obviously a fan of the source material because he, he did a very good job of twisting it around to be in this episode of The Real Ghostbusters. It was solid. It was solid. And I, I, I suppose I've watched Babylon 5 since and you go, all right, yeah, you are a good writer. That makes sense. So this was a good episode. I don't know if it's that funny, but this episode was funny enough. But I think a lot of voice actors make things funny. And really, we don't kind of get the Scrooge redemption in this but when they come back to the present again after they've saved christmas and scrooge has done his thing it's more about peter getting his redemption because peter comes in and realizes that yes having christmas is actually a good thing and he suddenly becomes the one to be all yep i'm gonna celebrate christmas and let's make things back to normal sort of thing yeah but yeah i I loved this i thought this was as you said it was really well done it was punchy it was no wasted motion. It was funny. It was just a really good version of the story. Yeah, I, I, it was just a fun episode and it was a nice frivolous take on the whole thing, but it was honoured. It honoured it beautifully. And yeah, it was a, just a nice way to end these 12 days. There's been some heavy ones. There's been some fun ones. There's been like, really, you, you called that one? Yeah, no, I, I, it was a good ending, that's for sure. And it's a bit of fun. And this could easily become a tradition to watch regularly oh, yeah. at Christmas time because it is so short and it is so fun. And with Ghostbusters Afterlife sort of being a thing again, you know, Ghostbusters is sort of back on the zeitgeist guys you know it's a good time to go check it out definitely and i'm glad you found this one because i really enjoyed it too so before we wrap up our 12 days we'll probably do like we did most years we'll we'll just have a bit of a look back of what we've actually watched over the last week and a half and we'll we'll kind of talk about what our favorites were and what our what our least favorites were so for me i think my favorite would probably be as far as traditional goes would be australian animated version that we watched i really dug that i like the concept of the ross kemp episode the the 2000 reenactment version and as far as stories that weren't a christmas carol and were inspired by a christmas carol i definitely go with this one as being my favorite of those uh me i'm looking at it now 
I think this this Ghostbusters we finished for a reason. We both thought it was strong and fun, and we really enjoyed it. I really liked Eddie Scrooge, the Ross Kemp one. I, yeah. I, something about that really sort of stuck with me because so, I've seen the story that many times. I'm sort of probably watching this many Christmas carols at once is not recommended. And that's yeah. what I can tell people. <laughs> it's like you know we try and mix it up a bit for a reason. So seeing a brand new take, but without not just twisting it. It's it's literally they took it. All right, let's how would this be modern now? And it was a really really dug it so i think that would probably be my favorite the 1980s cartoon you said was pretty damn good but yeah i'd say probably the eddie scrooge would be my favorite yeah closely followed by um the real ghostbusters so is, if there had to be something that you were a little bit disappointed by what would you say for that um, i mean the roddy piper one is terrible yeah but, but it was roddy. never going to be good no yeah but, but it is roddy, yeah so it, it, it's worth it just for yeah. the fact that it's roddy i'd say if anything i was probably a little bit disappointed with the 2001 Nicolas Cage? Oh, definitely. Well, there was so much wank in there that didn't need to be there. The song, the, the mice. mice, the 20 minutes before we got to freaking ghosts. Yeah, that was that was very disappointing. And I suppose quantum leap in the fact that it, was, it had some great moments, but to get to those moments, just like eh, my head doesn't quite doesn't work. Yeah. You know, trying to convince, trying to be the ghost of Christmas past by doing this, this, and this. It's like too many leaps of faith that work. It just doesn't hold together the scripts stages. No. But the heart is fine. I, I, I dig the heart of it all, but it was just sort of like, eh, eh, eh. Mm. you know, another pass. It might have been nice, a better script. Yeah. Could have got us there. But yeah, you said, um, well, the Roddy Piper one is terrible. I can't recommend that to anyone unless you're a Roddy fan. And that Nicolas Cage animated one is just too much superfluous bloat. Especially after you see an 11 minute version tell you the same story. It can be efficient, guys. <laughs> Yeah. You don't need it. Just don't need it. And animation costs money. Every second of animation costs money. Why waste it? Anyway. anyway, well, that's our 12 days. That's going to be our wrap-up for 2021. We're going to have a couple of weeks off so we can celebrate Christmas and New Year's with our families. And you guys get a break from us. Yeah. And we'll be back early in the new year with the remainder of our A to Zs. We're going to pick up where we left off with the letter Y, and we're going to come back early January and do a bit of a year in review because something we find when we're doing topics all the time, we do kind of miss just talking about what we're watching and what we're doing. So we're going to come back and we're going to cover some of the TV and movies and stuff that we've enjoyed over 2021 and just give you a bit of a, a year-end wrap-up. So as I said, that'll be sometime in early January. But to you and yours, have a great Christmas. Thank you for listening over this past year. And thank you very much, Mitch, for digging up these topics that we watched for our 12 days and just a lot of fun that we've had over 2021 going back over to the A to Z and re-watching some of the stuff that I haven't thought about for many years. Yeah, it's been fun. In a, in a shit year, it's been fun. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Well, for one last time for the year, we'll just wrap it up. So if you do have any feedback for us, you can find us on our website, which is theamapodcast.podbean.com. You can always find us on Twitter as The AMA Podcast, and we are on Facebook as facebook.com slash The Massive Attack Podcast. So until next time when we come back in 2022, thank you very much and have a very Merry Christmas. life till I was ten years old When debt landed dad in prison and our country house was sold Lodged with a lady in her London flat so cold Worked at a boot polished factory labelling jars quite dull all told Goodness only knows I was a miserable soul For a 
time I went to school, but then I found a job As a clerk to a lawyer, oh, it made my poor head throb I failed to be an actor despite my loud cough Ended up reporting speeches of the parliamentary mob Then as everybody knows, I started writing prose Put my life into my books Friends and enemies and crooks Legal bosses up the crop In the old curiosity shop Faking in Oliver Twist A factory pal, you get the gist And although my memory's quite foggy Got Scrooge from the grave of Ebenezer Scrooge My first book was an overnight sensation But I drove myself too hard to enjoy the adulation Despite my wealth, my family begged for money I wrote of it in Chuzzlewit, which people said was funny Didn't sell like books before, my family still asked for more Little Dorrit is a tale about my dad in Debbie's jail While Hard Times tells my life about when I tried to leave my wife Little Nell's death was my poor dear departed sister-in-law And David Copperfield working in a factory I must confess that that was really me In my life felt shame about poverty in childhood Wrote about sadness, suffering and fears also wrote about people with funny names Bumble, Small Wheat, Scrooge, Uriah Heap and Whackfoot Squares Whilst writing Edwin Drood The train crash didn't help my mood Still I drove myself on with readings far across the pond Died before I wrote Drood's end Sort of thing drove me round the bend So Dickens, take a Dickens, take a bond and heaven knows I'm miserable now.